But there are some times when he says, do this. Are you willing to just pick up your cross and and go and step out of the boat and sometimes make some decisions and the long run will leave you blessed. But in the short term, may make you think, am I crazy? <laughs> this is a bit uncomfortable. Welcome to the Creative Cliff Jumpers podcast. I'm Kim Krennic, your host. Today's podcast guest is a TV producer and creator of Christian Media Spotlight. He also came up with a series called Night of Hope, a platform for Christian musical artists to share their music and their stories. A warm welcome to Joseph Neal. How are you doing, Joseph? Hello there, Kim. Good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule. It's great having you and our three other artists uh, who have shared the stage on Night of Hope Live before. And always such a good time. Always appreciates getting to showcase the uh, amazing talent that's around here in this area. And anytime I get a chance to do that, you know, in a live setting and share with our audience is, uh, is a blessing. Not only do you have a message and a purpose, but you're also helping so many people have a platform to go and play their music and share their testimonies. And by the way, the TC Media Group is so cool. Were they all volunteering? Uh, there was a couple of station representatives that were there on staff manning the station. But for the most part, yeah, a lot of the studio crew that's there is primarily volunteer-based. A lot of the production crew that works on our shows, primarily volunteer crew. I mean, we all help each other out. We all um, assist in uh, a lot of our various productions we kind of share our time back and forth collaboratively and kind of help each other out where we can so they're they're a very cool bunch behind the scenes that a lot of people who watch cms over the years don't know about but they're they're a small piece of what keeps keeps the machine running i'm inserting this really quick for those of you who are wondering what i'm referring to i'm talking about thurston county um their their community television station which you might have one in your own area and apparently these community stations are you know volunteer many of them and so you can go volunteer you can take classes at these stations and learn the ins and outs of television production and uh, there's a lot more too that they offer ours actually offers animation classes ours allows members to check out material and cameras to use the green rooms they have it's pretty cool and you might want to even look into your own local television station if this is something that interests you i first met you when you hosted and you shared a brief message on a red's room episode for those listening red stainbrook started streaming christian artists and bands during the covid lockdowns and those concerts he calls red's room i was so impressed with your emceeing that night i was wondering like where did you start emceeing is this something you've done like for a long time or where did that all start for you i've done it for a long time yeah i used to watch a lot of tv and different shows growing up and i, and I saw different hosts and i was like oh, i could i could do something like that seeing the host interact with the guests and just keep the show moving and and fun i heard a a longtime host one time say it like this uh, a good host doesn't necessarily try to make himself the star of the show if you have a strong enough show your job as a host is to be a compliment to your guests and to everything that's going on around you that make up the elements of the show you're doing your job well if you can help accentuate the pieces of the show. Um, and so that, I guess that's what I try to do when I host different things is just try to take 
what good is already there and just do my part to help elevate it and continue to make it better and not detract from it. And uh, I have always been interested in communications. I took um, a newspaper class in high school and I eventually worked my way up to the um, news editor, which is basically second, third in line in my um, high school newspaper. So I was on that all four years. Most high schools around here do, or at least did, have what's called a graduation project. So and that means that you pick a field to study that you're interested in, find a mentor, and you job shadow, and you do a bunch of reports, both written and um, uh, audibly, um, on behalf of that. And so I did my graduation project at a local radio station here in the area. And I learned the ins and outs of radio programming, hosting, uh, DJing, just all the ins and outs of radio in case that was something that I wanted to do because I thought that, you know, and I even did a few little radio shows as well. Also, during that same time frame, I attended a wrestling meet on um, behalf of one of my friends. And the coach happened to be a math teacher, was my math teacher at the time uh, at the school. And he looks over at me as I'm sitting next to him and he goes, we don't happen to have an announcer tonight. Would this be something you could possibly do by chance? I was like, sure. And so I ended up doing it. And apparently I ended up doing it well enough to where I ended up being invited back the next year. And through several different coaches, it was something that I ended up doing for the next like 10 or 12 years. People invite me back to run tournaments and just because of the work that I did. Funny thing happens when your eldest son goes into middle school his history teacher who happens to be the wrestling coach somewhere along the line an announcer came up and my son happens to go well my dad did it at the high school for a number of years perfect <laughs> so guess who he ends up he ends up calling me up and so this program rotates around the different middle schools and so needless to say i've been back doing that for the last five or six years awesome. yeah communications whether it be uh, you know video audio print it's always something that i've been interested in um, being able to dive into a lot of those different mediums while at the same time producing a positive, uplifting message that resonates um, and that with with our audience. And to, so to do something meaningful and to use those platforms meaningful in that way, it, it means a lot to me. What you said earlier about what you learned about how what a host should do, you said you heard somebody say that. And that is exactly what I took away from that you know red's room that night was i thought man he's so good at like elevating the whole thing because you know i've been on shows where the host doesn't do that you know what i mean and it's it's such a night and day difference you as an artist yeah. when you go on that show you feel so much more comfortable just kind of like what your team did you know at tc media just everybody feels more comfortable and everybody can do their best yeah and you know i think it's that's why I always, whether it be on Red's Room or on CMS, try to do more of like a coffee house conversational style on purpose because I don't want, I, I want them, the guests coming away with, oh, gee, this was fun. I want to do this again. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want them coming out. It's like, it's like talking to a friend or it's like talking to someone over coffee. You know, it's just this low key type of environment where you don't get asked the hot button questions on the spot. You know, you're just looking for a, a sound bite or something. You're just there conversating, trying to get to know more about about them, their art, their craft. And it's one of those things where 
you know, you, you want to make them as comfortable as possible, especially if you have like a, an indie artist or guest who hasn't done it before. Mm-hmm. You want to make them feel comfortable with the whole entire process. And you want to leave that good impression uh, because the more comfortable you make them feel, it's like what you said, that the better off they're going to do in an interview or performance, the better the whole thing is going to go. And so I try to keep the low key, less nerves environment down on purpose for that reason. All right. Well, you know, let's talk for a minute about Christian Media Spotlight. When when did you first get, do you remember when you first got that idea to start Christian Media Spotlight? 2007, about 16 years ago. Uh, I was kind of towards the end of my, you know, high school PA tenure. And so the church I was going to at the time, and that pastor is interested in bringing me on as an executive producer of their soon-to-be-relaunched ministry television program. I was like, okay, this can be creatively uh, exciting but terrifying in one way. Okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do it. Um, but then I was like, but I haven't really seen much of the old episodes of the old show. And they were like, good don't i don't want it to taint the vision that god's having you take this program oh so it was literally like wanted me to operate with a clean slate by about the midpoint of 2007 one of the sermons on that program ran short and our audience was television back in the day so as you know when you're producing for television you can't just go off the air early that's just you, you don't do that um so I had to scramble on necessity to try to figure out, okay, how am I going to fill this time? I started brainstorming ideas. As I was thinking and praying about it, the the vision for um, CMS came into being. Once the vision popped in, I mean, the rest came together pretty quickly. Originally, it was Christian Music Spotlight. Um, we branched out further into media because we found ourselves doing a lot more than just music, even though it's still our primary driver. We did, you know, authors and actors and a bunch of other different projects where we changed it to media. And I go, so what's the, what's the focus What I want to be about? And that's where the tagline, the stories and testimonies came like not that long behind it. I mean, it was relatively quickly. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, you know, just a segment or would become a show and, and a brand just about telling people's stories and testimonies and just if they've got a story to share about their walk in the Lord and how um, things have shaped their creative journey, then let's showcase it. And I reached out to a couple of different managers thinking, oh, what's the worst I could do? Probably going to say no. Um first guest I ever had on the show was by phone at the time um, was Brandon Heath who okay. sung Give Me Your Eyes um, Jesus in Disguise a couple other songs on the radio like that so we had him on the air mm-hmm. um, and then over the first year we had guests I couldn't even believe we would have on that first season um, as a segment of you know just we had Matt Marr on live telephone we had um meredith andrews we had one of the singers from sonic flood we had uh, jars of clay i think within the first two or three years we had peter furler on our airways mm-hmm. uh, we were one of the first outlets to get our hands on the new mercy me song god with us at the time which i couldn't even believe it wow. so it's just god opened many doors 
to eventually lay the foundation of what would become a full-fledged labor of love in, in the coming years. Fast forward, when I met you was, you know, during the crazy pandemic. So during that time, yeah. how, how, did you, uh, how did you navigate through that? There was a number of different, I guess, turning points over the course of, of its history. Uh, the first one, I guess, being in 2009 was the first game changer when we mm. developed a partnership with Creation Festivals to cover their events. Kind of sort of happened by accident, but turned into a yearly thing. So that was the beginning of one of the highlights of our programming. And I think in 2010 or 11, we started to develop a social media presence that we have today. In 2012, in January 1st, we had realized that it had outgrown its segment. So it turned into its own half-hour television program in 2012, which later expanded to its current hour because it outgrew that. Um, and now it's just, we began, I think, in the course of, we were already shifting that direction, you know, in 2018-19 with, you know, beginning to film with the experimentation when Facebook Live first became a thing, taping our interviews on Facebook, and we found so much interactivity via comments and encouragement. It was just a whole new energy that it brought to the taping of the broadcast, in addition to just simplifying the editing down by doing it that way. And so I made the decision, we're going to keep doing it this way. Any interviews that we don't do in person, but we do remotely, we're going to do it this way. Wait, that was so, 20, 2019. Is that right? Did you say? 2018, 2019, 20... right in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. This so was it's before, before the pandemic. Okay, so wow. then. Interesting. Started doing it that way in different things, utilizing, you know, our, our broadcast control room technology and Skype and being able to reach other audiences and integrating the Facebook audience into it. Yeah. Be a year or two before the pandemic started. So at the start of the pandemic, you know, we had it in that respect, there wasn't much adjustment. Essentially. The only thing we really lost was our ability to tape in the studio and our ability to, you know, go on the road to cut that all went away. The reason why you saw Hollywood, had to adjust and production days were lost back and forth is because nobody really knew or were used to having to do things remotely and, mm -hmm. and tape things that way. CMS never lost a single production day because all we did was took what we already had started doing in 1819 and just leaned harder into it. Amazing. Uh, to where it became how we did production mm -hmm. for a while. And that's how our community impartially developed like that, because everybody's looking for an online place of believers, friends to just call home during this whole thing. Oh, yeah. So we, that partially was what led to the choices that had to be made in early 2020 when everything started. You know, our, our festival shut down. A lot of our production, we had programming holes all of a sudden. And so I had a decision to make. You know, do I... Is this a natural time to end CMS? It's been a good run. See you later. Lord said no. Um, well, should we just coast it? You know, not push for programming, but just take it as it comes and come back full board when this thing is all over. He said no to that. So I'm like, well, okay. So option three would be to keep going full speed ahead. Which is what we decided to do ultimately. Um, and through that, 
I think um, this is kind of, I think, where the question was leading and asking this question is, we had just passed the three-year mark of another vision that happened during that time frame was Night of Hope. I originally developed it with the thought that, you know what, this is some crazy once-in-a-lifetime type of times that we're in right now for most of us who are all struggling, isolated, one way, shape, or another, we're just going through it right now. Yeah. So I wanted to provide a source of just encouragement, of upliftment. And so I also wanted to showcase some some latest talent at the same time. So I messaged about 12 different artists or so that I regularly work with. I explained to them the concept. It's a night of hope, simply put. If you want to, you know, either acoustically record something to us or if you've got something lying around or you got a message you want to share, um, come be a part of it. All 12 of them said yes. Um, so we held our first night later that month and it set the stage unknowingly at the time. I don't think I realized the gravity of that moment and what it held at that time. But it literally set the stage for everything that was about to happen in the full-fledged growth from being a television-centric product morphing before my very eyes into a full-fledged ministry media company wow. um, <laughs> with a, a vibrant online community that is now partnered with another ministry like-minded in doing so. And finding some of the greatest talent and some of the greatest friends that I've I've had in my life along the way. And I opened my mouth at the end of the show and I was like, well, let us know if you want to see more of these. Next morning, I checked my inbox and there were about six different artists saying, yeah, count us in for the next one. And so here we are. And, and ever since that moment... Everything that you see now that CMS is doing happened partially as a result of that, just putting the rocket boosters on the whole thing, whether it be the online, you know, 24 hour radio network, whether it be the radio show, which is almost about ready to hit week 100, it's 100th episode here in a week or two, whether it be podcasts that we're doing, whether it be, you know, still the bread and butter interview show, which still goes on to this day and won't stop. And Night of Hopes, we're on episode number 32 coming up at the end of the month <laughs> uh, with the spinoff series and then a partnership with Red's Room. So, I mean, it's going about as strong as ever, but it, it, it largely was based on one simple act of obedience of, yes, let's keep this thing going. Um, and out of that came everything else currently. Amazing. Was there a time that you just, I mean, was it a struggle for you? Did you, did you, was there a time you were like, do I have to, <laughs> do I have to do this, Scott? <laughs> if, if you mean, if you mean during that time frame, especially, yeah, yeah, there was, because there was a lot of other stuff going on in my life at the exact same time. Um, if only, I, I made the joke at the time, if only the pandemic was, the worst I had to worry about. No, there was several points along the way, you know, where I think, especially over its first 10 years where it's like you, you almost try to force it a little bit. And then you're like, you kind of sometimes get, you know, you go through your peaks and valleys and sometimes you get discouraged in the valleys. And it's just like, 
is this really working? Is this really having an impact or doing something? So sometimes you go through those ruts Mm -hmm. sometimes, but yeah, in the, in the the first, you know, I, I had gotten trained by that point to hear the Lord's voice. And I heard this voice about as loud as I've heard almost anything before him say, keep going. The thing that was the struggle was I I didn't know why or, or how I didn't have any answer as far as at that second, like how I was like, you're going to have to show me like how we're going to fill this program again. Cause I just don't, I don't know. Right. Now. You know, and the other piece of it that was going on in my life at the time was I was in the process of beginning um, just kind of a window. I only share this just as a, a context of just, where my thought process was at the time and being transparent. I was at the beginning of a separation at the time relationally. So, which was in the, in the beginning stages of turning into divorce. And so it was all of that kind of was going around at the, at the same time. And so with my life and a little bit of, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring sometimes much less two weeks from now, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, trying to keep the lights on and, and long range plan for CMS was a bit of a daunting task at the time. But I, I said, yes, anyway, I mean, something I was like, okay, if, if, if there's still work to be done, okay, then, then show me how to do it. Use it. You know, by the third night of hope came along, the tagline sharing hope through worship happened was a result of that was developed by our fans who we call our spotlighter community. That tagline was developed by them. Wow. I asked them to describe what Night of Hope meant to them and was about. And that was the tagline that our viewers came up with was sharing hope through worship. When they saw that series, that's how they described it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by our seventh Night of Hope, uh, it was revealed by the Lord why. He had me kept going. We had just finished our Thanksgiving special, Give Thanks. And, you know, I was even debating. I was debating all the way up to that point. Did I make the right move? Was this the right call? And I had noticed really since especially the third night of hope, through the rest of that year, CMS was growing at a clip that as much as I had tried to in the last 10 or 12 years, it was just naturally, organically growing and taking off by itself. I didn't have to push it at all doors are just opening right and left. I was just like, my goodness, every time you think you were done growing, it's just like, God's like, mm, think again, here comes something else. I've, I've learned not to say that now, wow. but at the end of our seventh night of hope, we were only supposed to run for about three and a half hours. It ended up running close to five hours and we got multiple, you know, time extensions and all that because people in that season were just eating it up. And it was just, an environment, just a time of worship that people just, for whatever reason, I did not want it to stop. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were pulling the train into the station, just about ready to close out. And the Lord goes, cue up this last song. I'm like, Lord, we're already way over. This is not on the format sheet. What? Cue up the song. Oh, all right. Okay. So I'm queuing up the song, and little did I know, he's having me queue up the very first song that ever was submitted for Night of Hope to close us out. He's like, look around you. 
this is why I told you not to quit. And because you listened and because you didn't quit, it set the stage for all this to happen. I have created this program for a time such as this. Wow. You are watching it mature before your very eyes. Grown up, something you have pushed eight, nine years, but it just wasn't its time yet. You're watching it mature in, into something that probably exceeded your very expectations. And I'm like, oof. Like, <laughs> wow. The community of, of people that were before me that I probably never would, would have really known in some cases otherwise, had I not made the decision to keep going, some of them are still my greatest friends to this date. And, you know, just the community that was there and just the encouragement and just for me to see, take a bird's eye view for a split second and to see this thing is doing what it's supposed to do. And Same. I didn't get in the way of it. Even though sometimes I, I, you know, sometimes you think you do get in the way, sometimes maybe you do just because we're all not perfect, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it was just in that moment, it was just a, a reassuring, like, okay, it's like I did the right thing. Words can't describe. accurately describe <laughs> what that moment was like. Man, powerful, powerful story. You, you went through a lot. You went through a separation um, and a divorce. That is so hard. I mean, when we're faced with our own issues in life, you know, whether it's kids rebelling, um, marriage issues, you know, you can put on the perfect face yeah. at church or wherever you go. But the reality is, is that life happens. We are flawed people. The Bible is full of a bunch of people that mess up all the time. I mean, <laughs> and yet they were men and women used by God, you know, anyway. And so I think it's so powerful for, for people to know, you know, that even though you went through this dark time, I'm sure in your life, you pressed on because you believed God is worth it. I just wanted to ask you, though, something that I think that listeners would be really, it would be helpful to hear, because I think a lot of people struggle with hearing the voice of God and, and understanding how to follow him and knowing, is this God or is this just me or what is this, you know, like deciphering that. How did you, you said you've learned over the years to hear the voice of God, to to know if it's him or not. Can you just maybe share, like, how did you know that it, this is definitely a God idea? This is not a Joseph idea. You know, people are people. And I had to learn a long time ago that my faith is not predicated on the actions or inactions of people because then it was never really faith to begin with. Hmm. Um, and so realizing that people are people and I'm one, <laughs> I'm one of those people. You know, I, I used to have a hard time as well with, you know, just re sometimes receiving constructive criticism because I was always so hard on myself. Mm. I always kind of saw where things could fall apart, but I never sort of sometimes allowed myself to see, oh, this went well, this this went great. You know, he will line up things that are are in your strengths. And I always pray, Lord, if if it is if it is your will, you know, open this door or close this door. It's just like, it's okay to test them every once in a while, or it's just like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm dipping two toes in the water here, but if I do this, just send me some sort of confirmation here that I'm, that I'm going down that right path. 
looking back and taking an honest, reflective look back sometimes on some of the choices that you made and things that you did is, okay, yeah, God told me to do that. And I did listen. And this is the result and the, and the fruit of that. And then sometimes, sometimes the mistakes I've made, you have to take a real honest, reflective look back of, did God really tell me to do that? Or was not the best of decisions and he was giving me a way and an an out clause (laughs) but I just didn't decide to take it because you know the motives were more me driven it really just depends on what motives drive you it comes down to at the end of the day with anything that you do relationally whether creative you know, endeavors that you are involved in, work careers, anything that you want God to be involved in, point blank. What are my motives here? Mm -hmm. And being honest with yourself in that. And what do I want to accomplish out of this? And I think if you're doing things on the up and up, and if you're doing things to produce the right fruit and the right motives, and you go to God with that heart saying, I want to do this and this, and this is why. If you go to God in conversation, just like you would a child to a parent, in a lot of ways, I think he honors that. Mm-hmm. And he meets us where we are in our heart. If we come to him just with a pure heart, just like that, and our motives are clear, oftentimes where we get ourselves messed up sideways and confused is if we're doing things with not the best intentions or not the best motives, and that's when things sometimes really start to unravel and you really start to question, is that really God? God wants to put all of us in a position in Jeremiah 29, 11, where he wants us all to, to, to be blessed and with, with a, giving you a future and a, and a purpose and a hope. He, he wants us to be blessed, not only in the eternal, which is where we are headed, where we're striving for and, and helping others in the same fashion but he also wants us to live the best life that we can here he doesn't want us to just live a life that's filled of you know woe is me and you know you know make self-sabotaging decisions that will just leave us miserable and broken and this is the other point that i would probably make too there's a fine art when he says come come to god just as you are you have to be okay with if something's going to happen, if God has placed something on your heart, you have to be okay going to God in conversation just as you are and trust that he's going to use you no matter what things are looking like at that time. At that time, when he told me to keep going to see my things weren't looking all that great in my life at the time, things were not like perfect and all together. But if I would have let that be a deciding factor, I would not have made that move at all. I wouldn't have. Because I would have waited until that moment that people wait for. Sometimes that perfect boom moment isn't going to come because it's life. But there are some times when he says, do this. Are you willing to just pick up your cross and and go and step out of the boat and sometimes make some decisions and the long run will leave you blessed. But in the short term, may make you think, am I crazy? This is a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And pushes you outside your comfort zone. Well, that's oftentimes where your your greatest pieces of growth have happened. I, I think I've learned more in the last three years in a lot of ways than I have in a lot of my life, just because there are a number of places that stepped me outside of my comfort zone. 
but in some ways out of that have led me to some of the greatest blessings and some of the greatest people along the way. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that, I I don't know if I would change. Mm -hmm. And another thing I've learned too with God's voice is God will never reveal the full picture because sometimes if he reveals the full picture, we'll get in over our heads and we'll, you know, step two feet in front of God. And he doesn't necessarily want that either. He's not just going to leave you a lot of times shooting blindly as well. Mm-hmm. It, it, because without a vision, it says with, with a lack of vision, we will perish. Right. So he will give you enough of the vision of where you're going via GPS to kind of give you a general idea of the route you're supposed to take next. Mm-hmm. He's just not going to leave you blindly and just go, oh, shoot for this road over here and, and have you get all sorts of sideways and lost. Mm-hmm. You, you feel a peace in your spirit about it where you, mm-hmm. you, you just know that's another good litmus test is if it leaves you with lingering questions or if it leaves you just with this non-peace in your spirit that you just can't shake or it just leaves more questions than answers then at that point you have to take a step back and go okay is this my voice in the way is this god is this is something off base here I think motives are a big thing. Being around people that aren't afraid to not only just uplift and encourage you and push you through in those moments, but maybe isn't afraid to ask a tough question or two. Another piece of it too, it isn't about perfection. It's about if God says move, no matter whether all your stuff's in a row, your ducks are lined up or not, are you willing to anyway say, use me, let's go. I'm terrified, but let's go. <laughs> I might be kicking and screaming, but let's go. Uh. Yep. I know. Well, we're we're kind of in that boat right now because my husband, he told me, um, you know, he, he was a senior pastor for years. And then we came up here to Washington and and he, he served at a church for a while down in Vancouver at Crossroads. And um but you know we're an hour and 15 from there and just recently he um we've been here and we've been attending a local church at calvary chapel and he just said you know um the other day he just said man i i just well something that's still on my heart that just doesn't seem to let me go is is just to do like a home bible study i, I just feel like i i would like to do that again he goes what do you think and i go i go yeah i love i would love to I'm i'm totally game you know i I love having people here. And, um, and so, um, but I said, but you know, we don't really know our church really good yet. We just have been going there for six months, but we don't know it. You know, they don't know us very well. Um, let's just see, you know, if the door opens or how that's going to work. And I didn't expect it to be soon. I thought maybe in a couple months or something. Right. And so the next day we went to church the next day, an announcement was made we're looking for people who are willing to open their homes. And he goes in the whole thing, you know, would you like to have a home Bible study or do you want to attend one? Would you want to be a host for one? And I looked at my husband and I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, maybe it's going to happen sooner than we thought. (laughs) For people who are, people who are like feeling, um, maybe they're feeling like a failure right now in whatever they're going through. Maybe they feel like, well, wow, my ministry didn't go that great. I just lost my job. I'm a loser. I mean, people, we struggle with 
feelings of failure. And, and I'm just wondering what you might say to someone who's in that place right now. Maybe they feel like they, they missed it with God. They just didn't hear him or they disobeyed him and they feel like they're stuck in something. What would you say to, to that person? What I, what I did was I really got myself um, just really back, realigned, really centered um, just in my walk with him and uh, made some different changes and all because he realized you, you aren't perfect, but you've always got to be willing to just keep growing and keep changing and keep pressing forward. And when I was going through a bit of a, a little bit of a just a discouraging rut, you know, for a time there, I had a professional and, and personal friend call me up and say this. He said, just as much as our relationship with God and our worth and our life isn't defined by our successes, it's also just as much not defined by our failures. And so realizing that God is still the same, whether you've, you're on cloud nine or whether you thought you've done something, I've really screwed up now. Truly, I've, I've, I've angered him. I've made him angry. I've wrecked the whole boat. You know, it's, you have to keep pushing through and you can't give up. But it's one of those where it's okay to have those moments. You're human. But what I've always learned is you can have those moments, but the trick is not allowing yourself to stay there mm. and not allowing that to take root in your heart. Because if it takes root in your heart, then it becomes more than just a day-to-day man i'm struggling here it becomes a domino snowball effect Mm -hmm. into just your thought patterns and and everything you end up doing and so you know i I, i've struggled with that in my past too where sometimes like i said i i tend to like you i tend to be and i think a lot of creative people tend to be this way we tend to be sort of you know perfectionists where we tend to be hard on ourselves or critical the most critical we can see stuff in other people we can see all this good in other people but sometimes we have this hard time seeing the finished product in ourselves Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part and so sometimes we try to perfect things but we always set this bar at this level where it's just like we can't it's not feasible we can't we can't achieve it we can't attain it Mm -hmm. and so what i say sometimes the weather is don't set the bar for yourself 10 times higher than you do for others don't set the bar for grace 10 times higher than you do for other people. Because hmm. sometimes we show more grace to others than we do to ourselves. Hmm. And you need to allow yourself, you need to be willing to give yourself the same grace and compassion that you show and demonstrate to other people. And sometimes it starts with ourselves. And so if you're feeling like a failure, it's like, if you're an encourager, what would you say to other people then? Hmm. And then stop yourself and go, wait a minute, that applies to me too. Sometimes we think those very same words, but we don't, we tell the people they don't all of a sudden apply to ourselves. That's good. Um, And so we have to stop for a second. We always have to, again, we always have to renew our minds and just refresh our our spirits and our hearts to what, what God is saying about us because we are loved. We are worthy. You know, we can accomplish everything just through his might and through his power um and it's one of those things where 
I think if you're if you're feeling that way, just don't feel like and don't let the enemy trap you into a boat where you feel like you're alone. Mm-hmm. First thing he wants you to do is to make you feel like you're alone. Don't be hesitant to to call someone to ask for for prayer when you're running a race. Are you going to have pitfalls in life? Yep. In a cross country race, are you going to have detours and pitfalls and potholes and you're going to have all sorts of different stuff and weather. You're going to have all sorts of different stuff get in the way. So you never know when a shin splint or something is going to crop up. You know, you, yeah. you never know. Yeah. But the biggest thing, the only thing that God cares about is that you finish. Keep pressing on. It's not about how many times you fall down. The only time he ever cares is if you there's just a time where you don't get back up. Mm. And it lets you knock you out of your faith completely. Like you said earlier, when we first started the conversation, the word is full of people who have gotten it backwards from Sunday, mm-hmm. but turned out to have some of the greatest redemptive stories. Well, this has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. Thank you so much for taking this time. You're welcome. It is an honor and a privilege getting a chance because I don't often get to it. Share a little bit of the backstory um, therein and, and hopefully in a way that impacts and, and encourages somebody and spurs someone on in faith in whatever creatively they're doing. You were just listening to Joseph Neal from Christian Media Spotlight. He's also the host of the Night of Hope series, which features Christian artists from all over the world. And this is the Creative Cliff Jumpers podcast. I'm Kim Krennic. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed my podcast, please subscribe and share it so others can find it too. God bless.